Come on, everybody, it's the inside trip. So crack a high life and take a sip on that T-I-T. Get up and scream, and you can spell it backwards. You know what I mean. Your boy Brando in the house tonight. Gonna lay it down smooth and keep it tight. When Ben Watson gets on the mic, you better get ready because he brings the hype. It's about that time you already know that nasty trip, this nasty flow. The inside trip that is the show. Don't wind up on your back, bro. What's up, wrestling fans? We are back. The Inside Trip Wrestling Podcast coming at you with episode number 69. 69, My name's Brandon Olinger, and join with me, as always, is my number one fan man. Are you okay, Ben? <laughs> I was not expecting that. I, I knew you had something up your sleeve when you had the phone over there, but... <laughs> oh, man, I... I, I don't know. We totally we totally fucked this all up. No, to be honest with you, dude, there's nothing that makes me laugh more than stupid humor like this. I love Bill and Ted. It's great. It's such a, such a staple dude. of my childhood. Oh, man. What does 69 mean? I don't know. The episode know. that we have, right? <laughs> you, you tell me. What does it mean, Ben? I, I, it's been a while. <laughs> oh, I'm not surprised. Can we get back to this? Yeah. All right. Episode number 69 of the Inside Trip Podcast. <laughs> we are children. We are small children. <laughs> we try to do something and we just blow it up. Oh, man. I don't even know where to go from here. Where do I leave off? It's episode number 69. Oh, yeah. I'm Brandon. That's Ben. What up, what up, what up? <laughs> Find us on Twitter at the Inside Trip One. We got a Facebook page, the Inside Trip, which I've had to. Take over lately. Hey, I <laughs> you post, ain't doing a damn thing. I posted our app the other day. Congrats, man. I really appreciate that. I tried to post it the night of, and I got on the next day, and it was like, you hadn't posted it yet. Apparently, I didn't wait long enough. So, anyways, so I posted it the next day. We're good, baby. We're good. We are good. Uh, we got an email. We do. The inside trip one at gmail.com. Yeah. Send us an email. Give us your comments, your questions, your feedback. Tell us where we went wrong. Tell us what we did right. Yeah, yeah. Just tell us what we did right. That's what we like to hear. That's right. Oh, you, you can find us on. Uh, oh, never mind. Yeah, we're good. Look, they, look. You know where to find us. I'm good, man. I'm. Hey, it's uh, Thanksgiving week. You know, got a couple of days off coming up here in the near future. Gonna spend some time with friends, family, turkey, and wrestling. Can't beat that, my friend. How you been? Uh, I have been. I don't even know how to put this. What's the best way that I can put this? Yeah. Okay. I love Bill and Ted. I'm sorry. <laughs> Again, one I didn't know. I asked you how you've been, and you're over there fiddling with your phone, and I'm like, "What are you doing?" I swear, none of this was planned. No, it really wasn't. Oh, oh no, I've All been right. good. Been been doing good. Um, Thanksgiving is a few days away. Can't wait to stuff my face. <laughs> <laughs> what are you laughing at? Sixty nine, dude. <laughs> God, we're like seven years old, man. I was probably seven years old when I saw that movie at the theater, and I had no clue what 69 no, meant. Like, what's, yeah. what's, yeah, 69. 69 rocks, bro. <laughs> oh, Ooh. all right, should we start talking about some wrestling? 
Dude, let's dive. Let's let's dive in. (laughs) (laughs) And much to Ben's chagrin, we are not doing this episode in the 69 position. No, no. (laughs) We're still on opposite sides of the couch. (laughs) Much to my delight. Like like normal. Like normal. (laughs) All right, man. So let's uh, let's talk some wrestling. Got a lot of action this weekend. Um, U23's wrapped up. A lot of college wrestling going on. Um, I guess before we get started, let me just do another little shout-out this week. I got a shout-out, yeah. University um, uh, of the Cumberlands women's wrestling team. Yeah. Uh, knocking off number two and defending national champions, Campbellsville University Lady Tigers, this past week in a duel. What was you Cumberlands ra- ranked? Um, they are actually currently ranked. That's a great question. And what were they ranked below them? Oh, yeah. Uh, Cumberland's ranked 11th right now. And they knocked off number two. And they knocked off number two, defending national champs. Campbellsville Lady Tigers. So just got to give that shout out. You know, we always got to give our ladies a little love. No doubt about it. Did Miracle Wrestle, or she, did she graduate? Yeah. Yeah, she won she four last year. She won Never four mind. last year. Yeah, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Hey, I'm doing my best. Are you playing injured today? Yeah, I'm a little sick, ladies and gentlemen, but. You got Mastro's allergies. We'll be good. <laughs> I don't know if anybody's going to understand what that means. <laughs> but, yeah, well, shout out to them. All right. Uh, so, what do you want? You want to start with some U twenty three first? Yeah, let's do some U twenty three. I thought we had some some interesting results. I, I got to be honest with you. I thought it was an impressive performance by both the men and the women. I thought we did well. I mean, we finished fifth as a team in both. Maybe on the surface, fifth place as a team doesn't sound great, but when you talk about some of the individual results that we've ha- that we had, I like it. You know, we ha- we brought home some medals, right? And I think when you go over to international competition uh, in age group level, you're looking to bring home medals. You know. Yeah, it, it's great to win them. You know, I, I you know I think it was last year when we won juniors. You know, and uh, we didn't perform well at U twenty threes last year, right? Okay, right. not not at all. But to, to, to bring home some medals, obviously, you know, I was you know I was I was rooting for Ohio boys. I was rooting for obviously the United States as well. I thought we had some. I thought we showed well. I thought we showed well. Colin Moore takes a takes home a, a silver medal. Um, I believe that uh, um, Sean Foz took home a silver as well. And so did uh, Yusuf Hamida, heavyweight Hamida, for uh, right. Maryland as well. So I mean, when you, so let, let's think about this. On you talk about bringing home medals. So this year, um, we're not going to include Greco. Um, we don't even want to talk about Greco. Um, but between the men and the women, we brought home five medals, I believe. So uh, we had three men bring home a silver medal: Foz, Hamida, Colin Moore. I mean, that's awesome. You got to figure. Sean Foz took fourth in Akron. Like he took fourth in Akron, and. He even made a comment in an interview that he knows he had no business wrestling at this tournament. Like he was like, I don't have any business wrestling at this tournament. And then he goes out, right? That was kind of strange. Wins a silver medal, yeah. you know. So you gotta like that. And then on the women's side, um, you know, you got two girls bringing home bronze medals, the first U twenty three world medals in our women's history. So that's an amazing accomplishment. Um, even like. Uh, to make it even more interesting is both women that took home bronze medals are current wrestlers for McKendree University Bearcats teammates, um, and Bullock and Glod. So uh, Karina Bullock and uh, I think it's Alex Alex Glod. I think that's who it is. Yeah. Uh, almost positive that's who it is. Anyway, yeah. So, um, so good stuff there. Uh, looking at the men though, so. There was some interesting results. Like, I was disappointed with Miles Martin's performance. I was disappointed with his results, I guess. I thought he had a great first match. 
probably one of the toughest guys in the bracket, if I'm not mistaken, right? Yeah, no, I thought that I thought that Martin he, he he came out and he looked really good against the guy from Uzbekistan. But but then he loses the guy from Mongolia who ends up taking third, right? But the guy from Mongolia doesn't get pushed through to the finals, so it's the Repashaw system that we have to deal with. The guy from Mongolia loses to Iran who ends up winning the whole thing. He doesn't get pulled back in, and the guy from Mongolia goes back to take third. You know, I also think that some of these brackets aren't terribly balanced in terms of uh, um, <clears throat> the, the co- competition level. So it's you know you look at you look at Miles Martin, you say, well, he didn't place, but Sean Foz placed, or Yusuf Amida or Colin Moore placed. So obviously, you know, th- they should be better on an international level than Miles. I don't think that's no. the case. I think that it's just the case of Miles Martin ran into the champ early. I don't think it's a one to one. Excuse me, not the champ. Yeah, Miles Martin ran into the guy who took third early. Who ended up hitting the champ, and you know, in this Repashaw system that we have, a, a bad—I want to say a bad draw, but you know, a, a draw that's top-heavy like this one was—will will put you in a bad position. I agree. I mean, I, I think you made great points there. Can't disagree with anything you said. Um, I think it's great that nine out of ten men won at least one match. I think that's a, you know any. Anytime you can go out there and the majority of your guys, if not all of them, at least win a match, I think that's good. Six out of the ten guys placed top seven. I think that's a pretty good showing. Uh, Jack Mueller lost in the bronze medal match, um, taking fifth. Had a couple other guys um, take seventh. So, you know, good I showing. I kind of them. impressive for Mueller, actually. You know? I mean, he went two and two on the tournament. He had a nice win to open the tournament against Canada. I think it was thirteen to three, if I'm not mistaken. Um, had a had a wild match with with Iran. Um, after he lost in his second match to Japan, he then went up against Iran. Um, ended up losing sixteen. I'm sorry. Ended up winning that match sixteen to fifteen before he then ultimately fell to China in the bronze medal match, eleven to nine. If there's one thing that Jack Mueller did this tournament, it was he scored a lot of points. Yeah, and do we know what his deal is? I mean, obviously, I think he redshirted last year, right? No, he's redshirting this year. Oh, he's redshirting this year. Yeah, that's right. That's yeah, he's right. going to redshirt this year. Last year he wrestled at thirty-three. Yeah, so twenty-five is a true freshman. Uh, thirty-three last year. He's taking a red shirt this year. Okay. At least that's what I've been told. Okay. Um, what do you think about – What's going on with – who's this Alex Smith guy from the University of Buffalo that competed for us at 74 kilograms? Smythe. Yeah, what, who's this – I'm looking at the results and watching the matches. I'm like, who? Well, you know, Alex Smythe beat Evan Wick to make the team. I, and, right. Uh, um, you know, and then he goes out and he, he – I mean, he wrestled for Buffalo. He's – He's the only guy on the team that didn't win a match. Right. So he um he's wrestling for Buffalo again this year. He's actually I think he's I think he's I, I saw him lose like a suspect match and win a couple decent ones. He beat he beat Xanderwick really bad in their duel when Buffalo dueled Wisconsin. They beat him up. Um I think last year they they mentioned that he was uh pretty close to five hundred record in the college season. I think he shocked everybody. So, you know, other than that, I, I don't really have much to say for you except for the fact that I think he had a really good um, – was it Akron, the qualifier? Yeah, yeah, I think, really, I think he, so. He had a really good, he had a really good qualifier, and uh, um, that, that was about it. You know, my, I guess if I had a biggest disappointment – I think for, I know where you're going. For U23s would be Becca Leathers. Oh, okay. I'm getting um, to the women now. Yeah, I got it. Yeah, yeah, she lost to the girl from Japan. And Japan is – dude, there's – Japan women's wrestling is so tough. It's almost like it's, you know, they've got a mental edge too because as soon as you see you draw to Japan, it's like the old days when in college somebody would draw Iowa. You know, you're just tough. And then the, and then the Japanese uh, lady ended up not. Uh, no, she did get pulled back in, I believe. And um, I I wish that you know this is terrible podcasting, but uh, 
um, Becca Leathers ended up then losing to. Uh, um, she ladies, lost to Japan from Russia. and Russia. Yeah. Russia, yeah. And on top of that, Ben, it's like she didn't just lose these matches. I mean, she got beat rather handedly. And remember, this is the girl who took third in the the world at senior levels last year. Correct. Not this past worlds, but right the, the one year before, before that. Yeah. Um, it, yeah. I don't. I don't know what's happened. So, you know, she she started her college career career out at Oklahoma City University. She won a national title as a freshman. Didn't come back after that. Decided to go train at the OTC. Um, it said it kind of uh, revitalized her wrestling career. Um, she she you know got this you know this, this second win basically. Um, went out, made the senior world team, brought home a bronze medal, had a great year, and you're thinking she's going to be the next the next big time uh, woman star for the United States. Right. Uh, then this past year, she gets beat out for the senior world team by by Winchester. She makes the U23 team, and then she goes out and she goes 0-2. I, I don't know what to make of it. Um, it but she got it, beat but pretty it's, bad. It's, it's, it's really thing. surprising to me, though. Yeah, it was, it was a shock, right? I, I think it was a shock. Um, you know, I, I'm wondering if uh, we might see her, may, may see her uh, change up her training situation. Um, you know, you, you could take a, take a bronze medal in seniors – and then uh, you don't make the team the next year, and not only that, but then you go to U23s, you go to an age-level event and get beat up pretty bad. Um, something's going on there. When it comes to the women, you know, 7 out of 10 won at least one match. I think that's a pretty good, you know, that's that's a good statistic there for them. Um, again, they got their first two medalists in the history of U23s for our women. Um, I found it interesting that all women are either current or former competitors in the WCWA. Again, we had that conversation last week about the WCWA's yep. potential impact on the success of our women's wrestling uh, that we've that we've seen lately. Um, they also finished fifth as a team. You know, it was it, Caleb Miracles, the one that I keep looking to to make this jump, right? To have that success, and it's not like she's not having success. Don't get me wrong. You know, she she lost. The senior world team spot in a in a battle against Mallory Velty. And that was in final X, right? Yeah. Um, and then she goes out. She I think this is the second year in a row that she's lost the bronze medal bout at U twenty threes. You know, this year she just ran up against a buzzsaw from I think Germany, who was a uh, two thousand and fourteen junior silver medalist and a cadet world runner up at one point. And ultimately, what it was is she got tossed to her back, feet to back, yeah. gave up like six points, and it was just too much to overcome. But yeah, I just she's keep young though. her to make that jump. Oh yeah, I mean, she, I mean, she's one year out of college. Yeah, she might pop and make that jump. Um, yeah, I expect. I think, it. Yeah, I think it's I think it's too early, um, you know, to call Kayla miracles. Um, uh, uh, call it a career for her. Uh, that's you know? not what I'm doing. No, no, I'm not. I'm not saying you're doing that, brother. I'm just, you know, I'm just adding some conversation. Hey, that's not what I'm doing. I'm just adding some <laughs> conversation. What, what I'm saying is, uh, you know, I, I think that, look, nobody's more disappointed than her, right? So, uh, you know, I think we'll see her on a, a, a world team here within the next couple of years and maybe even get a couple world medals under her belt on the senior level. I truly believe that. So, so yeah, U23 is all in all. Let's get these, you know, get these people home and, uh, you know, these men, let's get them wrestling for uh, college because, you know, that college season's fire right now, son. Yeah, I'm looking forward to the Buckeyes having their uh, their full lineup. Yeah, that'll be nice eventually. You think we'll have it for Cliff Keen? Well, I think that we'll have the um, – I think we'll have everybody there. So I listened to an interview with Colin Moore, and he said that he thinks he's going to go uh, to Cliff Keen 
because then they got to deal with Wisconsin after that, and then they got a big long break because they don't wrestle right uh, uh, much a holiday over, tournament. Yeah, that's correct. Right. So, so he's thinking, yeah, he's he's thinking he's pretty much going to go. Um, he looked big, you know. He he said he only weighed weighed in at uh, ninety two point nine kilos on the second day when you could actually weigh ninety nine because you get two kilo allowance. Ninety two point nine kilos, yeah. Because wow. he wrestled, he wrestled ninety seven kilos. Okay, so you're telling me he weighed in on the second day. Basically 93 kilos. So about 20 pounds lighter than everybody else. Right. Yeah, that's what he said. He said he weighed 92.9 kilos. Um, So he's only about two, maybe weighed in at 205 or so. I mean, what's what's 92 kilos, 202? 202, about 203 pounds. So he weighed maybe 204, maybe weighed in at 204. Um, you know, so he's, he's not gonna have a, he's not gonna have a huge cut to one ninety seven. He looked bigger though. He looked uh, he looked more mature physically there. And 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 I then I wonder why he didn't wrestle ninety two for the U twenty three team trials. Because remember he said he didn't want to cut any weight, and he said he got up to about two seventeen over the summer, which that's a twenty pound cut. Now for a bigger guy, it's not as much as a smaller guy, but he got up to about two seventeen over the summer. But he said, you know, he was only weighing about 204, 205 or so, um, 204 uh, on the second day of uh, U23s. Still ended up making the finals, you know. Losing to the same dude he lost to in the uh, semis of uh, Last year. Uh, yeah, juniors. So he's he's got uh, two world medals, age level to speak of. Yep. A dude, you know, from, uh, you know. Small town Ohio. Small town Ohio who really didn't wrestle much freestyle until then. Now he's got two. Two world medals. I expect him to do really well this year. So it's going to be great to have him back. Going to be great to have Miles back. I don't know if Miles will go to Cliff Keen. You know, if he has the same, um, you know, I don't know if him and if him and Colin are on the same on the same plan. It makes sense to me that they would go because they have that, such that that big break um, in for the holidays. And if they don't go to Cliff Keen, they're not really hitting. They're missing a lot. They're missing a really important tournament for their seeding purposes now. Neither one of those guys, I think, are too worried about. They're going to win enough matches against tough opponents to, to get their appropriate seed. Um, but it'll be nice. So I think the one the one guy they might be. I'm just not sure if you want your first college tournament to be the the Big Ten tournament, though. Right. Right. Agree. You know, I mean, because that's basically what it would be, if I'm not mistaken. That, that would that would be what it is. That would be what it is. Um, <clears throat> so, you know, they'll have every, they'll have basically everything set now. I don't know what they're going to do at 74. Um, and I don't know what they're going to do at 25. You know, I think I might, if I had to guess, at 25 they're going to send Bracken Mead, and at 74 they're going to send Tayshan Campbell. Well, now, we can debate whether or not we think that's the right thing to do, but that, that, that would be my guess. That's basically a perfect segue into uh, let's start talking the Buckeyes weekend then. Um, they had two matches this weekend. They traveled out west, took on Cal, Pap- uh, Cal Baptist, obviously dominated them 42 to nothing. Um, not much to really say about that. I think that's what you would expect to see. Um, yeah, you know what though? Shout out to Cal Baptist for taking the duel and scrapping. They 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 went out there and they scrapped. And uh, you know, I know it's a team. It's Division Two. It was Division Two. You know, they're making the transition to Division One. But uh, you know, that's really cool. I mean, this team isn't even fully able to capable of defeat of competing Division One because of the issues with uh, going from D two to D one. And they're still taking on huge matches. So, agreed, man. Um. Next uh, next day they went out, or two days later they went out and uh, battled number eight Arizona State at Arizona State. Uh, they won that twenty two to seventeen. Obviously down two starters. Um, uh, 
I think if there's one thing we we know after that, uh, Brady Koontz is not the answer at 125. I'm not sure if we have an answer <laughs> at 125, but uh, if we do, it's not Koontz as he got uh, beat 18 to one by by Milhoff. You know, top 10 guy, all you know, and all American. American. So I totally no, get yeah, it. It's, it's what you expect. You expect him to lose that match, I guess. But um, I'm actually more impressed nothing. with Milhoff because he, he he struggled with injury so much last year. He had that he, bad shoulder. Yeah, last he year. came out and he looked pretty damn good. I mean, he and by good I mean like he didn't look like there. He had some effect. He looked healthy, right? So um. And that's good to see because I think we all like Ryan Milhoff, um, you know, and, and he's uh, he's starting over. I think they got a guy who redshirted last year and Courtney who, um, uh, you know, they were talking about potentially who was going to have the spot. And it looks like Milhoff's kind of taking that spot so far um, for Arizona State. Why am I thinking that I saw Brian Courtney at 133? He might have been. Now, I know he wasn't this week. There was a Brandon Courtney and a Brian Courtney. There's two different guys. Oh, okay, maybe one's from Virginia. Up. One wrestles, I think, wrestles for Virginia. One wrestles for um, Arizona State, and that's that's literally off the top of the dome. So I, I, I I'm not positive, All but right. but I know there is a Courtney that was potentially going to challenge for 125 at um, Arizona State, and it looks like Milhouse kind of secured that position. I thought Micah Jordan looked great against no, number 11th ranked Maruka. I thought that. You expect him to win that match if he's a title contender, but it was how he won that match. Um, I thought it was a, a great win for Micah Jordan. He really seems to be hitting, firing on all cylinders right now at 149 pounds. Um, it'll be interesting to see how he keeps this up throughout the season, especially as he continues to wrestle better and better competition. But um, an 18-8 an major decision against uh, Maruka, who you know was a big-time recruit for Arizona State at one point in time, who they expected to do big things. I thought that was good for him. No, I, I absolutely agree. I, you know, Marukas has some success on the national level, um, including some wins at the NCAA tournament. He's the guy that Jason Sertz, uh, for people that don't know, beat out to, to start last year. And, I mean, that was a battle. that They didn't know until really, you know, late, little later in the second semester who was going to be the starter. Was it going to be Maruka or was it going to be Sertz? Sertz ends up going out and becoming an All-American. And him and Maruka were pretty much um, – you know, on an even level before that, you know, Josh Maruka is ranked 11th in the country by uh, <clears throat> Intermat, and Micah Jordan went out there and, and he hammered him. And not only did he hammer him, he took him down at will. I mean, at will, cutting him um, for the most part. Maruka did end up getting a takedown, and that was when Jordan, Jordan got a little bit sloppy and uh, shot in. And uh, it was honestly a pretty easy go behind just because Jordan got a little sloppy. But you hit the nail on the head when you say that we thought that Jordan was going to win, which we did. But beating a guy who's ranked, you know, close to the top ten by major decision with a dominant major decision where he's taking him down at will, that's important because I think that shows that there's some separation from the back half of All-American contenders and Micah Jordan. You know, Josh Maruka's ranked to be an All-American contender. He's ranked to be in the round of 12, okay? So if you're an All-American contender— you know, let's see how a guy who's ranked two handles it. Is it going to be tight or is he going to dominate? And he did dominate. And all that does is tell me that Michael Jordan has probably probably put some separation between him and the back half of the guys that are going to be competing for podium spots. You know, I think it's funny you say that. And I, I'm going to take us off on a little tangent here, so sure. my apologies. But I was looking at the rankings this past week. And looking at results as I was watching some of the matches, 
And it, I think this this year is is a little odd, especially in some specific weight classes. But you know, in a lot of years, if you were to look at weight classes and the rankings, and you tier them out, where you're with your first tier and your second tier and your third tier and your fourth tier and so yeah. on, um, you know, typically your top ten is going to consist of one and two tiers, maybe. Maybe you're tipping that third tier towards your ninth and tenth ranked guy. Maybe. And a lot of that's dependent on is the number one guy in a tier of his own. Absolutely. Right? Like a Jason Knopf. No, he's going to he's totally take up it. one tier of his own, and then what else you got? I totally get that. But this year, I think when looking at some of these weight classes, you're going to see some weight classes where you might even be hitting third, fourth, and fifth tiers within that top ten, depending on how you look at it. I think you see that in a lot of weights, Brandon. And I, and I think that, dare I say, that it shows that the NCAA – Wrestling is is a, is a little is a little down this year. Now it, it always tends to catch up, right? Um, you know, names always tend to uh, uh, you know we always tend to hear about names like the Heilmans. That that only just popped in my head from last year. You know, like Troy Heilman. You know, he was in nobody's tier, and all of a sudden he pops up into the second tier. You know, at one forty nine. So I think that I think that you know we'll see some of those climbs, but for the most part, I think there was. Some weight classes more than traditionally that there's significant separation between the top dudes Agree. and the dudes down in the eight, nine, ten range, which are still amazing wrestlers, right? They're still going to be competing for podium spots, but guys that have no chance of cracking the top tier. What that tells me is a couple of things, well, at least my opinion, is that one, you're going to have a lot of chalk throughout the regular season. Okay. Yeah, great point. We're gonna have a lot of chalk. Now, that's okay, because it also tells me tells me that come tournament time, shit's gonna get pretty crazy, even more so than usual, because you you're not gonna know what's gonna happen. You really don't, and you're gonna have a lot of guys who are probably uh, on any given day. You put them all in a freaking room, and you're gonna they're just gonna trade matches with each other, one after one after one after one, and nobody's really gonna separate themselves. Right, you're so talking you, like an eight through a fifteen type I, situation where at, may, who knows? Sometimes even a five through a fifteen okay, situation. Okay, I mean, yeah. look look at 197 pounds right now. Oh, okay. well, that way class. You've got oh Bo God. Nickel. Yeah. All right. You, you got. Connell number two, Colin Moore number three, and those are your those are obviously your top three guys. And even Connell, look, he had a great NCAA tournament last year. You can't take never take that away from him. But he was still a guy that entered the tournament unseated with double digit losses. You know it's what I'm saying? Head scratching losses. Some head scratching but... losses as well. Um, and he was able to put it together at the tournament. He had two fantastic wins over Colin Moore. So I get that. You got a guy. And he like... had an awesome tournament. What's that? He had an awesome. Oh, I mean, tournament. it was an amazing tournament. Um, then you got a guy like Jason Holschlag, who, who's for, ranked fourth by Flow right now. Before you get down to the Miklas and Weagle, who are both All Americans, um, and then seventh is Brucky, eighth is Nathan Traxler from right. Stanford, and then now you're getting into Drexel and a dude from Drexel, Brunner, you know Brunner from Purdue is your your nine and ten guy. You got a dude from Drexel who's a senior, and that's another thing you need to look at is what is their grade level. I mean, you got a dude from Drexel. Um, I don't know his name, Louis A. Uh, we'll call him Steve. Steve. We'll call him Steve. I mean, he's a senior and he ranked. He's ranked ninth in the country. I can't pronounce that last. But name. you know what I'm saying? No, and, I get it. And I'm sure he's fine. But shit, I've never heard of him. Is it, I mean, I'm sure. I'm sure I've probably heard of him. But right, it does The name doesn't pop off the page like, oh my goodness. And that's a dude that they're talking about making an, being an All American potentially. I think. Look, it's been happening already over the past few years. We've seen a lot of guys come in young, freshmen come in and have amazing success as freshmen. 
Um, and I think this year is going to continue to pile on to that youth movement that we've seen recently. We're going to have a lot of young guys come out and do, do really well at the end of the year this year because of the lack of depth at some of these weight classes and just because of how good they are. Right. No, I, I think you're right. I mean, and then you got a Jacob Warner ranked 11th, right, 197. So, you know, I imagine that as he gets – he's the guy that majored Willie Minkless last year. So I imagine mm-hmm. as, you know, things start to progress, these weight classes are going to shift. And but, but I think that you make a good point that this isn't just us looking at something um, the way it always is every year where it's like, oh, well, just wait. You know, just wait. I think that truthfully there is – Larger gaps in between tiers this year than there has been, you know, at least since we've been doing this podcast. But, but I mean, even before, you know, probably even before the past that. eight years. Yeah, and and and, and I'm mean, you always have a weight class or two that's like that. Okay, always. But I think this year it's just you see it. It's more so this year. And then you've got a couple of weight classes that on the flip side where there might not even be a tier in the top ten. It might everybody just might be kind of again. You throw them in a round robin situation, and you're going to have A beats B, right. B beats C, C beats A type thing. So it'll be interesting. Or there's like two tiers in the top twenty, <laughs> right? right. Um, yeah. So I mean, you know, did we talk about all the bucks? I, I, no, we really didn't. We stopped at Micah Jordan. Let's hit some um, bucks up. Let's hit some bucks up, baby. I thought it was a nice win for Keyshawn Hayes. It was only four to three. Oh, you go in there? Huh? He wins four to three against Christian Pagdaleau. You love. Um, you're a Keyshawn Hayes defender. No, I'm not defending him. I thought it was a nice win. I, I, I look, Pagdalau's a good wrestler. He's all right. He's a good wrestler. Um, may not have all the accolades of some people, but again, again, this is how I'm looking at it. You're looking at a guy like Keyshawn Hayes, his second weight jump in as many years. Yeah, that's what I'm worried about. Going on the road to the West Coast into Arizona State's house and picking up that road win. All right, I think it's a nice win for him. I mean, it ain't Carver Hawkeye, brother. But I mean, I, mean, I, <clears throat> I get your point. I mean, I don't think they had a, had an option to wrestle Arizona State at Carver Hawkeye, Ben. <laughs> that would have been kind of neat. <laughs> Be a little awkward, but um, you know. And look, look, I like Keyshawn Hayes a lot. I think the were weight, you disappointed with his performance? I this think weekend? the weight jump is going to hurt him because I see I don't them, disagree with I you. see them lungs just breathing heavy in the third period, and it ain't because of the cut. Obviously, it's because, dude, you ever try to claw ride a dude that's freaking two weight classes above you and ride him hard for a period? It, you get tired wrestling up. So there's, you know, there's an optimal weight where your conditioning can be great, and yet at the same time, you're not going to be oversized. You know, I, look, the, I, and, I and I tell you 100%. what, fifty-seven ain't for no. fifty-seven is not the optimal weight where his conditioning, his conditioning will be great in terms of. His lungs, his lung capacity, I guarantee, is fine. But you get tired as a motherfucker wrestling dudes two weight classes or waiting a weight. He's carrying more weight than what he's acclimated to and what his body size should be carrying. Look, that's why. Again, thank you for making my point. This was a nice win for him. (laughs) Okay, but but I'm. I mean, (laughs) this dude's ranked fifth in the country, homie. You got a W. I know, but I mean, I'm. I agree with you. You tell me, Keyshawn Hayes gonna finish fifth at 187. No, I would not bet on that right yeah, now. Yeah, I would not bet I that don't. either. I would not bet I'm not, that either. I wouldn't bet on that. But what I'm looking for from him is how he continues to handle this weight class. Okay. Okay? Right. Is he going out there and is he taking some losses right off the bat? All right? Is no. he taking his lumps? No. No. All right? He's, all right, all, all right. right. He's winning some matches. 
I want to see how he progresses throughout the year. Because right now, we don't know what we're going to get with him come March. More than almost anybody on this damn list, Cliff Keen's going to be huge for him. You're right. Let me see what this dude does at Cliff Keen. Because I tell you what, and it ain't like we ain't rooting for this dude, but that's where we're really going to kind of find out, hey, can he hang or does he finish seventh at Cliff Keen? I hear you. You know? All right, let's move on. Um, Josh Shields. All right, Josh Shields beats Caleb Romero 165 pounds. It's official. Josh Shields is going 165 this year for Arizona State. I want to talk about that here in a second. Do we need to take a media timeout so you can go pee? I got to pee, man. Oh, man. All right, we're going to take a media timeout so Ben can pee. I was going to clean my room until I got high. All right, Ben is back from taking his, uh, what I would assume to be glorious, pee. And we're back. (laughs) With episode number 69. 69, dudes. (laughs) All right, back to Josh Shields. Uh, It appears that Josh Shields is at 165 um, now. That's strange. Like, I had no um, indication in the offseason that, like, he was going to go there. We all thought it was going to be Anthony Valencia at 60, 65 and Shields at 57 and, and Zahid. Or they were all going to bump up. Well, obviously we know that Zahid isn't bumping up, but Shields does. And Shields never struck me as, like, a monster 57. Now, I mean, no, he never, wasn't small, but weird, he's just, weird he goes up. Maybe? I don't know. Yeah, I, I, it, it shocked me as well. Um you're absolutely Good. I'm right. glad because I, I was th- like confused a little bit. I, I was too. Um I thought maybe he was just wrestling there to start the season, you know, but he's he's moved into the 165 rankings now. I don't think we're going to see Anthony Valencia this year. He's I, I, based on what I've heard, he's taken a red shirt. Right. Um you know, he 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 took a red shirt as a freshman his freshman year, but I believe he took an Olympic red shirt then. He was able to take an Olympic red shirt then because of his status on the national team or on the Olympic ladder or whatever. Yeah, he you finished. Call it. So um, finished high enough in the U.S. Open or t- team trials, right? To take it, yeah. Um, but it looks like uh, Shields is at 165. He shuts out Caleb Romero five to nothing. Um, it's kind of what I it's kind of what I would expect at this point. Yeah, you you know I was looking for moral victories with Romero here. Um, a takedown would have been great. Yeah, you're right. I wasn't looking for a win against Josh Shields against the guy who split with Michael last year, but I was looking for a moral victory, and unless it's like one zero. Real close. It's hard to call never scoring a point a moral victory. And I think, you know, he chose neutral, I think. If not, he got ridden out. I, you know, I, I, I watched the match, too. That's the worst thing, gentlemen and ladies. But getting shut out and then, you know, it's hard to call that a moral victory, right? Even though he didn't get majored or, you know, he was competitive. There was a takedown at the end. It would have been closer. And he, and he actually... To be frank, he was competitive with him on his feet for the, for for a good bit. I mean, he wasn't he wasn't getting overpowered. He wasn't getting dominated. But how do you how do you win if you can't score a point, right? You can't. You know, I, you know, people can go out there and they can they can. He, and I'm not saying he clammed up. He went after him. They wrestled tough. But if you can't score a point against him, it's not a moral victory. So what I was hoping for was maybe. Maybe give me five three or give me even seven three, where we get a takedown. Didn't happen, you know. Yeah, I, the one thing I keep reminding myself is that Shields is a very very good defensive wrestler. 
Extremely good defensive wrestler. He's really good on top. Doesn't have the most dynamic offense, but he can get a takedown when he needs it. Um, he got a couple. And, I mean, it's it's basically what he did to Romero. He took him down. He controlled the match. Didn't let Romero get to anything. Um, again, we got to see growth out of Romero. We right. talked about this. We've already talked about it before. One of the most interesting interesting things for us this year is going to be see how he handles right. his D1 grind. What type of growth does he have after the, uh, you know, the, his pre-college, you know, collegiate career or whatever. We've now, already... The good thing is, is that he did scrap with them. You know, he didn't block off and he didn't, you know, try to keep this match close. Like, I don't think it was a 5-0 try to keep the match close match. I think it was, hey, Romero gave him everything he had, he had and it just wasn't good enough. But I think he went after him and he didn't get dominated. So, you know, that is something you can take away from it. I'm good with that. I'm good. Surprisingly to me, until I saw Valencia's other result this weekend was, you know, Shan Campbell keeping it six to one with with Zahid. I th- that's surprising to me. Um, with a, with a, I think Shan gave up a, at least one stall point. No surprise there. <laughs> you know, you, um, you 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 beat up on him so bad. No, I, I mean, really he hope he doesn't run into you at the varsity club one day. Look, that's what we do. We're we're um <laughs> no, no don't don't say we unless you got a mouse in your pocket. <laughs> <laughs> you know, I mean that's that's who we are. I'm we're kidding. people that talk about wrestling that we're never never nearly as good enough to even step on the mat with these dudes. <laughs> I mean, that's kind of a fun thing True about that. it. That's kind of a fun thing about it. Um you know, but there's a place in this sport for us. It's it's a really deep dark hole that I suggest most of you don't go. But <laughs> welcome if you're here. <laughs> but um Look, I mean, Zahid Valencia completely controlled that match. He scored when he needed to, and, I mean, what are you going to say about that? No, I mean, honestly, I think the result is probably the best that Campbell can make it. The result this weekend was the best that he could make Well, this. and that's, like I said, I, you know, when I said that Romero went after it, and, you know, it wasn't like he blocked off and did anything, and he, he lost 5-0, and that's what it was. You know, Shan... You know, he did his best to defend in Zahid, which is which, yeah, that's no easy test. And I'm not even saying Shan stalled because Zahid goes nuts, you know. So I'm not saying he stalled on him. But, look, you know, what else he going to do? What else he going to do against the dude who's got probably some of the best offense in the world? Valencia wrestled twice this weekend. He wrestled on Friday night against North Carolina, only beat Chip Ness by three points. Who? Uh, I think it was Chip Ness. Chip Ness. Chip. About as about as wide of a name as it gets. <laughs> Remember when we said the chip when yeah. he when he all American? Like, yeah. Um, and then of course this this match with Campbell. So uh, Valencia a little off this weekend by his standards. You know, I don't know. Maybe maybe a little. Uh, who knows? A little sickness going around. I, I don't know, man. It's just not the Zahid that we're used to seeing. Look, I think he's gonna be all right. I think he's gonna be just fine. Um, eighty four though. I, I I got some intrigue on eighty four. Go ahead, talk to me about it. Ethan Smith. So Ethan Smith weighed in at 174 pounds. He's the gentleman that uh, has been battling Shan, who's ranked number 11 in the country, um, battling Shan for a starting spot. Uh, they wrestled three times this year. Shan beat him twice in the wrestle-offs. Ethan Smith beat him at the um, latest, the last Open they wrestled. I forget exactly which one it was. And um, The Ohio Intercollegiate yes, Open. Yes, the Ohio Intercollegiate Open. That guy's got some great offense. He was um, giving Norfleet everything he wanted, up a weight class. Um, and actually got a takedown that was, man, I, t- I tell you what, you know, they, I don't think it was challenged, but it was pretty damn close on the edge. Um, 
And then unfortunately got himself put in a bad position. Norfleet cradled him up and pinned him. But that was a really tight match. I love what I saw with Ethan Smith. And it makes me think more than, you know, even more than this weekend. Even though he got pinned, it makes me think that, hey, there's still a decision to be made at 174. And who do they send out to Cliff Keen, Ben? They're going to send Shan, right? I mean, they're going to send Shan because that's, that's... That irritates me. That's the way Tom Ryan does it. It irritates me, though. It, it irritates me and nothing against, nothing against Campbell. We already know what we have with Campbell. You already know what you have with him. I want to see how Ethan Smith does at a tournament like Reno at a weight class that he's acclimated to. At his weight at, class. At his weight class. I want to see it because the kid has some skills. We, we're seeing that right now. He's got some skills. He's definitely got more offense than Campbell. He beat, remember when he beat Campbell, it was 8'5". Right. I mean, he scored some points on that. Uh, I, I, Tom Ryan, if you're listening to this podcast, which I doubt you are, please give us Ethan, Ethan Smith at Cliff Keen. We'd like to see it. Yeah, but is that us hollering for the backup quarterback? No, it's not. I, I'm not saying Ethan Smith is better. I'm not saying he's the okay. shiny new toy. What I'm saying is is that him and Campbell are neck and neck right now, trading results. Agreed. Okay, And we already know what we have with Campbell. You know what you have with him. I don't think we're going to see much change with Campbell between now and the end of the season. He may figure a couple of things out. He might Something might click mentally and he gets a little more confidence, but we know what we have with him. You know the results to expect. And also, let's say neither one of them is even contention All-American. Why not put the dude out there that's got some time left? Hey. You know? Redshirt freshman, put him out there. No, I, I, um, I don't disagree. You know, I think that... I think that Tom Ryan is listening, not to our podcast. <laughs> not to our podcast. <laughs> I hope not, because he'd be that deep, dark hole with us. But, um, you know, they, they, that's why they wrestled off twice, right? When, when, when there was only other one, one, one other tw- uh, wrestle-off that was supposed to potentially go to three matches. And it's because he recognizes that it's tight. That's why he's taking Smith out there. Now, Smith wrestled at 84 both times this weekend. They have other guys on the team that's, that are 84-pounders. They could have brought out a couple other 84-pounders and wrestled them. But what they said is, no, Ethan, you can come out, and we're going to get you matches on the varsity level. Now you're going to have to wrestle up. We're going to get you matches because we want to see what's up. If they didn't believe that that was the case, then they would have just brought out another 84-pounder. And that's what I almost thought they were going to do. Like a Fritz Sherl or something? Well, Fritz is at 65, but yeah. Is he at 65? Yeah, who, who, 65. Who's, our, who's been wrestling backup at 84 for well, us? Well, they, they got Steiner. they got some other guys like that. Troy Steiner? Zach Steiner's his name. <laughs> Zach Steiner's up at 184. Yeah, is he really? I didn't yeah. know. So they had some other guys that could. Troy <laughs> Steiner stepping I, out. I know. I'm sorry. I only wish. I only wish. All right, can we skip 97 and heavyweight? I could care less about. Well, I think that it's worth talking about the fact that Chase Singletary started. Been heavyweight both times this weekend. Yeah, we expected him to after his performance at the Ohio Intercollegiate Open last weekend. We talked about that. Yeah, and, and Tom Ryan mentioned as much on his uh, um, on his weekly interviews that you know he 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 likes what he saw about Chase. Yeah. Now you know Chase. He, I mean he, Brady Daniel. I I'm going to go out on a limb and say he's probably no Tanner Hall. Okay, but he still got the win, three to one. Um. So, so yeah, I mean that's all I got to say about that. All right, all right. So there's Ohio State for you this weekend. Um, you know, the good news is that they, they did beat a top-10 team um, without two All-Americans. And before we get off, before we move on from Ohio State, how about Gavin Hoffman taking Emory Parker to the wire at the Lindenwood Open Finals? Yeah, Five so to four. I mean, that's – Emory Parker's number two in the country right now. Hoffman, I mean, wrestled – did you watch the match? I did. Okay, it was a great match. Hoffman wrestled really well. 
man, I'm getting excited about this guy. Uh, yeah, so so I, I think I wish was, we can get him down to 74. <laughs> <laughs> well, he's projected 97 I know, pounds. I'm so yeah, um, he ended up he beat a top 15 guy in the semis too. Yeah. So you know, right there, it just goes to show that he he would already be ranked in the top uh, 15 area and uh, taking a guy like Emory Parker who. You know, beat Miles has a win against Miles Martin. Has a win against has some wins against Taylor Vens. Was the guy that lost first round in the NCAA tournament. Took came all the way back, took third, and he beats him. Warrior of the week. Yeah, he was Road Warrior of the week. He was an inside trip Road Warrior of the week. And Gavin Hoffman take you know pretty damn close. Now that's the victories that I'm talking about. When even if you don't win, it shows you. Look, Gavin Hoffman. I think it's actually great that he's redshirting because next year, man. Oh yeah. Oh my no, I, I agree. I agree. Guy's the limit for this guy, yeah, and I, I think we'll see him at 84 next year. All right, um, we want to go. Let's talk about some Okie State, Minnesota. Thought that was the marquee duel of the weekend. Really, I thought that was an excellent duel. Yeah, great lineups. I mean, for both teams, obviously you had uh, in both teams, you know, putting huge freshmen, big time recruits out on the mat this weekend, and uh, Gable Stevenson and obviously Dayton Fix. Um, ultimately, Oklahoma State prevailed twenty three to nine. Some interesting results. I don't know. You know, you saw you had Gable's debut. Um, obviously, Fix showed that he is the real deal against his match against Lezak. Um, impressive win by Mitch McKee. I mean, Caden Feller. I mean, it was just Oklahoma State looked pretty good, man. Well, I think we both mentioned last weekend that, you know, is there a team that's going to, you know, contend to beat Ohio State, who's currently ranked number two, which I think it's a little bit of an inflated ranking for Ohio State because I'm not sure that they're the second-best uh, squad um, in NCAAs. But I, I think that Oklahoma State answers that question, yes, with a really nice win over Minnesota, who has got a, a, a number of All-Americans in their lineup. Um, and, and, I mean, it started off with fire, right? Nick Piccinini, uh, you know, All-American versus returning All-American Sean Russell, who transferred from Edinburgh. Uh, you know, Piccinini controls him to a 3-0 win. You know, not a ton to say about that match except for the fact that, okay, you know, that, that that's that's not not a bad result to have early in the season when you beat the return All-American. But I think the real fire came at um, 133 with Dayton Fix beating Lezak in all positions and ended up beating him 6-1. to Right there. Um, key statement, all positions. You know, on top of that, he did it at Minnesota. Um I think you saw Lezak win the match on his feet. He was able to get out from bottom, and he won all the scrambles. And I think that right there is the key. Dayton Fix, right? I'm sorry, Dayton Fix, yeah, won all the scrambles. Um, he looked really impressive, extremely impressive. I was really impressed with him in those scramble situations because a guy like Lezak is, is kind of funky, all right? He's, a, he's an excellent scrambler. Yeah, Um and for Fix to be able to take him down as he did and also win those scramble positions, um, and not to mention get out from bottom. I mean, everybody thought – I'm not going to speak for everybody. I'm going to say right now, I thought this was an interesting matchup because I think Lezak is a bit underrated on his feet, um, especially with his length. He's extremely good on top. Yeah, he has got a nice single leg. Yeah, we don't know how, how Dayton – we didn't know how Dayton Fix was going to be on bottom because he hasn't wrestled a ton of folk style recently. Most of his success has been in freestyle. And Fix, I mean, he showed me. So, you know, I looked at a couple of Dayton Fix's results from last year to just kind of see, okay, you know, where where is he going to be with an Ethan Lezak? So, you know, you look at last year, he had some really tight ones. I think he wrestled it with Foz, um, had a real tight one with Foz where he needed a late takedown. Who I think he took neutral. Uh, um, against Foz. Against Foz. And he took neutral against Lezak, too. 
Lezak takes top. Very smart for Lezak to do that. Yeah. And um, Lezak almost hasn't turned. I mean, Lezak has fix on his back. He really did. I thought there even could have been an argument for some swipes there. There's an argument for at least two. Right. Now, it wouldn't have, it wouldn't have affected the match because fix ended up reversing him. Exactly. But – so let's give let's even give Lezak two swipes and it, it ends up being six three. The fact of the matter is Dayton Fix was still able to put himself in a position to reverse Ethan Lezak. So Lezak's kind of roll through. That's kind of what he does is he you know claws or halves to the right side, throws in left boot, tries to pull you basically on top of him, and he did that against Fix. And Fix was able to get his elbows deep enough down on the mat to lean up to where he was outside of the near fall range mm-hmm. is what the refs were saying. And then he was able to, it was it was real loose touch and go. Fix was able to get his hips up enough to be able to reverse him. Um you know, I think the the match was won in scrambles, right? That the, the one the one that one crazy scramble that Lezak almost came up on top. But, you know, Fix ended up actually in my opinion, scoring two points there, and they called it the stalemate. Yeah, that I gotta agree with you on that one. I thought Fix had the two points. Yeah, but. just because Lezak had Fix's ankle doesn't mean that you don't give two there. You know, I think, and, and if I think that's the case, if that's the way that the refs are going to call it this year, then I think that people are just going to hold on to an ankle for dear life and say, fine, even if the guy's on top of me, I'm going to hold on to his ankle because it's 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 not two. <laughs> Refresh my memory though. Fix came out on top. Was his leg? Underneath Lezak, between Lezak's legs? Yes, between the legs. Okay, so it's not like throwing a boot in and a guy grabbing no, right, an ankle. Right, yeah. it wasn't a boot. So, I mean... It was, in, it was in between both of his legs. But but it wasn't like his calf... Or it wasn't like his calf was on the mat. His foot was still hanging up. His still, foot was still planted. Yeah, and he, yeah, I still got to go back to what I saw in, the, in, the, in that situation. And to me... I got two there, I, right? I, I would have given two. Obviously, we're not refs, so... Yeah. And it didn't, ma- it didn't affect matter. the match at all. No, it didn't. So what does that do for Dayton Fix then? So let's let's talk about 133 for a minute then. If you if you want to, you know, if you want to get so we we well, know it moves that, up to number six in the rankings per flow right now. Okay, and and that's great, and that's okay because that's where Lezak was. Lezak was sixth. Um, okay, but I mean, is that is that really where he should be, or or, or where is he at? Is well, let's he, talk about one, two, and three right now. One, you've got Gross. All right, we'll talk about him in a second. Returning national champ. Yeah, that's your one. Number two, um, I can't. It's either Suriano, Nikki Suriano. So you got Suriano at two, Michich at three. All right, both guys are returning national runner-ups. Um, one at one twenty-five, one at one thirty-three. Neither one have lost this year. They all have great results, great creds. So I don't see. I would not put Fix in the top three right now. I don't think there's an argument to put him Hard ahead to of do. those guys. Hard yeah, to do. Absolutely not. Uh, based off of his folk style results, um, who do we got at four? Tariq. The freak, and then Luke at uh, Pletcher at five. Okay, so here's where it gets interesting, and here's where I struggle with early season rankings based off of last year's NCAA tournament results. Okay. Okay. Um, I'm not saying it's right or wrong. If that's if that's well, how this you, is flow, by the way, and I think a lot of guys do it this way as well. Okay. A, a lot of you know, a lot of rankers do it this way, and that's fine. If that's your, if that's how you do it, and it's consistent, and you base you know early consistent. season, yeah, early season rankings off of last year's NCAA tournament, that's fine. I don't 100 percent agree with that, um, but for the rankings purposes that we're looking at, that's how it's done. Um, I would say it's it's right then. I would say that's that's right there because you've got Tariq who finished third, uh, Pletcher who took fourth, and neither one have lost. Fixed it in wrestle last year, obviously. He's, um, who's ranked fifth, or was ranked tenth, excuse me. 
because he had some wins last year. And he's sixth now in the most recent flow rankings. They just came out tonight. Oh, okay. Well, I haven't, I haven't even looked at those. Yeah. I so he moved up to sixth. Up. I should probably pull those up. Okay, yeah. And, and you know, my Tory Bridges is taking some losses. So, I, yeah, six makes sense. Now, where do I see him? I see him in that top three. I see him being able to compete with all all three of those top guys. Yeah, it's gonna be it's gonna be real interesting. Um, if I'm not, would you put him above Tariq Wilson? Or okay, Tariq Wilson and David Fix are about to wrestle. I, Who are you choosing? I would I would put I would put Fix above Tariq Wilson based off of um, based off of skill and um, what we expect him to do. All right, Buckeye okay. Homer, like we are. Fix Platch. I think that's a really good match. Um, I, I'm sorry. I would I I would expect Fix to finish ahead of Pletcher. Yeah. I think that's a great match, only because you know I was wondering. Let me ask you this: I was wondering how good Pletcher was, and then he destroyed Brock. Not not that those are the same wrestlers, but you know. Were you talking last year's NCAA tournament? Yeah. Right? So yeah. I'm I'm trying to think like, you know, I, I'm not. I think that's a hell of a match that I really want to see. Um, I would too, but this is what I would ask you, Ben: Where, what position do you see Pletcher being better than Dayton Fix at on the mat? And I'm asking because I don't know. I've thought about this, and I'm just curious to hear your thoughts. Well, you know, I think that Pletcher's got amazing defense. I, th- I think the Pletcher's defense is 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 better than. So, so when I say what position, you're saying on, on his feet, feet on their on feet, feet. You I, think Pletcher is better on his feet? Pletcher's defense on his feet is better than Dayton Fix's offense on yeah. his feet. Uh, well, I don't know if it's better, but I think that because I, I haven't picked who's going to win that match. Is that I wanted to see it? I think that Pletcher could certainly. Um, give Fix problems on his feet, and I think Pletcher could score on him. I think the Pletcher definitely could score on Fix. I, 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 it's not. I'm not telling. I mean, Fix is an outstanding scrambler, but Pletcher's wrestled the best scrambles and scramblers in the game, and has done well against them. So, you know, I think that I think that Pletcher and, and Fix are a good match. I think that's. I'd like to see Pletcher and Fix. You know, if you if you consider this like an MMA fight. Um, Rankings where they say, you know, we're not going to give you Seth. You know, hey, fix. We're not going to give you Seth Gross yet. You got to fight one of the contenders. I think that Luke Pletcher would be his next step. I think Pletcher would be his next step up there to say, hey, let's see what you do against a Lukey Pletcher. Yeah, look, all great points, all very valid. Um, I, I think this is probably where I would disagree with you a little bit. I think that Dayton Fix, I think his offense on his feet is much more dynamic than you give him credit for, and I think his offense is probably better than Pletcher's defense is. I don't see Pletcher being able to ride Fix, especially if a guy like Lezak couldn't ride Fix. Oh, he's not riding him. Um, So it's it's who's going to be able to score score the most points, right? I mean, it's that simple. I know that sounds very uh, elementary and cliche. I don't see Fix just going out there and turning Pletch either. I don't either. So to me, the match all comes back to the feet, to right. where they're at on the feet. And I think right now, just from what I've seen, from what I've seen in his freestyle matches, from what I've seen against Lee Zach, and from his you know his college matches last year in red shirt, I, I think the Dayton fix. I, I again, I go. I think he's got that more dynamic offense on his feet that is better than Pletcher's defense. I hope not, but right now that's how I see it. And no, I think that I think that I think that both of our. I'm going to take some heat, uh, and I'll take heat. No, for it. no, I think that both of our arguments have legitimacy to them. So I don't think you should take heat for that at all. I'm glad we don't we don't share the same opinion on something. Right. For once. Right. And, and and like I said, and it's not that I, I don't think your opinion is necessarily wrong. I just you know. No, I appreciate that because so. I mean I, I I think yours is. Yeah, well, I know. No, I'm just kidding. I know that. I'm teasing. Um, One forty one though. Mitch McKee finally gets it done. Finally gets a folk style win against Cade Brock. That was an awesome match too. It, it, it was, and Ben, I'm a little concerned about Brock. 
Well, God, don't be concerned about him. That dude can scrap. No, I... Yeah, I agree. He can definitely scrap. But he looked gassed in this match. Okay. And I go back again. I saw him. He looked gassed in this match. I go back to his all-star match against McKenna. He looked gassed there. What's going on? Because he's not... We thought he was a big 33, so 141 should right. be the the right weight for him, right? I mean, that's what we would think. Well, no, 141 is the right. It's not. This isn't a Keyshawn Hayes situation like we talked about. If you know, no, minutes not ago. even close. So, uh, is it a cardio situation? Well, I think. The, uh, what is it? I think that some of it could just have to do with the fact that it's early in the season. Some guys are different different areas in their training cycle. Some guys are different areas of their peaking scenarios for certain tournaments and. Maybe Cade Brock's not quite there yet. You know, and, and it could be as simple as the fact that um, Joey McKenna's freaking an animal and Mitch McKee is, who we always know, a pretty solid wrestler who's now finally up at a weight class that he likes. That's true. Remember, he was at 33. Good point. And, and also, you know, could be the fact that those dudes have wrestled each other a million times and there's some weird style clashing. You know, this was Scramble Mania and, you know, McKee was able to win a couple more scrambles than it Brock. It was a good match, yeah. man. It was good match. McKee was a, McKee was able to win a couple more scrambles positions than Cade Brock was. I think that nobody should be nervous about Cade Brock yet. I think the bigger concern is the fact that hey, one forty one's no joke. Generally, you know where does he fit in in that weight class? I, I you know I, I think that McKee also is you know as I said earlier, him being up at forty one could really could be a big big point. Could be a big difference. Is that now he's feeling great too. That's no valid points, man. So great so, points. So that's where I'm at with that. Um, one forty nine. Bula Wallen got hurt Friday night. Isn't this crazy? Injury defaulted. They throw out Caden Feller. They just throw him out there. Just like, throw hey, him out there. Hey, good luck, buddy. Yeah, hey, go out there. I guess they're turning all American. Or excuse me, a all American. Yeah, uh, you know, all American Tommy Thorne, and he just puts it on him, man. Nine to three in Thorne's house. <laughs> I mean, we knew Caden Feller was good. We knew he was good. He beat the likes of Nick Lee last year. But dude can't even start on his own team. And when Boo Llewellyn goes out with a, a wrist injury, Capella says, oh. And Capella could also make 41, by the way. You know? Right. Um, you know, I'm not. he didn't weigh in at that. But, you know. It, it just depends on whether he's certified at 41. Right. right. He is certified there. But, he, you know, he's wrestled 49. And uh, he beats the shit out of Tommy Thorne. I mean. That that's that's a it's a good situation. It's an embarrassment of riches, baby. Right. It's 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 a great situation for Okie State. Um, I, I think it's another one of those weight classes that you're going to see for a team where two guys are going to battle it out all year for that starting spot. Lou Wallen, All American last year, obviously got the job done. He's been there before. Feller, big time recruit. Big he's time. Got a lot of potential. A lot of skill. Freshman. He's got some big wins against. He's got multiple wins over All Americans. It'll be interesting to see how that plays out. Um. After that, I think really, the, you know, aside from Joe Smith not wrestling and them throwing Chandler Rogers in at 165, you know, the other big thing was uh, Gable Stevenson getting his red shirt pulled and wrestling Derek White. And I think we saw exactly what we expected to see. You know, I'll rephrase that. I saw exactly what I expected no, to see. No, no, no. I, I, I was really excited that Gable Stevenson, I, I think the heavyweight class needs it. Um, yes, you know we 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 need some people. We need some names. We need some faces at the heavyweight class. Um, you know, 
Obviously, the number two ranked guy in the country is not even four points close to his apparently his challenger. And uh, actually, the n- new number two guy is Kassar now. Kassar, yeah, in the rankings, yeah, and, and that guy, you know, <laughs> and, and the number one ranked guy in the country has got one knee. So you know, you got Gable Stevenson who goes out there and just don't puts shoot it, yourself when you puts it on Derek White, who I mean was everything but an All American last year. I mean everything, yeah. everything but, and um, you know. Now, he took him down and put him to his back real quick, and then the match kind of slowed down, as heavyweights do. You know, look, we all said it. You and I said it. Gable Stevenson is he's an amazing recruit, and he's going to be very dominant. But at the same time, against the best heavyweights, it's going to take some time, guys. He's not just going to go out and blow out everybody. He's going to have some tight wins, and he might have a loss. He might take a loss. You know who else took a freaking loss? Steve Mako to Leon's Crump, baby. And I only know that because I, the Iowa the season when Leon's Crump beat him and was like, yeah, Marco, you don't come out here and just think you're the bomb or whatever. And um, so, I mean, Gable, yeah, Gable Stevenson. <laughs> is that what, is that Gable Stevenson is that Steve what Mako, Leon said? They're the same people. And, uh, you know that? Remember the old Budweiser commercials with Leon? You remember that? I have no clue, but I guarantee no, you, Leon on the bench. No, but I guarantee, I guarantee Leon's Crump freaking drinks Budweiser. That dude was fun from Oklahoma, I believe. Um, you know, I mean, I think it's really cool. I, I, I do. Now, now we know for sure now that somebody you could draft in the fantasy league, which I like that. Thank you, coaches. Yeah, right. <laughs> nice way to end it there. I mean, <laughs> you know, at least I don't have to fucking draft this motherfucker and, you know, be concerned about whether or not he's going to get pulled. That's funny. Um, I thought it was an impressive performance by, by, by Stevenson, to be honest. Um, I think it's everything you would expect. I think. You know, I, I remember going out and watching the junior world team trials a couple years ago, um, and re- getting to see him live. It's the f- one and only time I've ever seen him wrestle live. And I think I came back to you, and we even talked about it on the podcast after that that Gable Stevenson could compete for a national title at that time. Yeah. Oh. Um, yeah. I, I think his athleticism is above anything else that we've seen in a long time at heavyweight. Um, he's got great technique. He's powerful. He's explosive. For his size, right? I mean, for his size, his athleticism is off the charts. I, I mean, even what are you trying to say? Like compared to a fifty-seven pounder, is that he doesn't have great athleticism? Well, I mean, there's been some pretty athletic heavyweights. I mean, when I watch a, a guy like Gable Stevenson, a heavyweight doing freaking round offs to multiple back, I mean, back I get you. Yeah, you're right. I ain't never seen no other heavyweight do that before. I guarantee you, Sam Stoll ain't doing that, dude. Sam Stoll's knee. <laughs> I gotta say about that. Bang bang. You're you're right. Where's where's freaking JoJo, baby? I don't know. You gotta ask his dad about that. What's going on? I, I mean, because he got Chandler at 65, returning All American. Jacoby at 74, returning All American. Dakota Gear, national qualifier transfer from Edinburgh at 84. It's weird. I mean, come on, dude. He's got to be somewhere, right? Yeah, like He's got to fit somewhere. It's weird to have a guy like Chandler weigh in at 65 if Joe Smith is going to be your 65 pounder and. Chandler's going to be your 74-pounder. Well, maybe he can't be Jacoby. Maybe. I mean, yeah, those are the things uh, that you, I'd like you, to know. I don't know. I, I, you, you just don't know, but it's it's gives you something to think about. Um, all right, we're getting late into this pod. Let's go ahead and uh, switch gears for a second. And as we always do, I guess it's time to talk a little Penn State. Those two intriguing weight classes they have, 149 and 285. Solo action this weekend out of them. Keystone Classic. Penn State dominated. They did what they do. They took eight out of ten weights. Um, but at one uh, one forty nine, we saw Brady take on Verclaren. Bergie Verclaren, right? Yeah. Um, in the semifinals, 
Bergie won three to two. Ultimately, had the medical forfeit out. Um, I think he was supposed to wrestle. Oh, who was he going to wrestle in the finals? You know, I, I the name escapes me. But oh, it's going to bug me now. <laughs> you want to look it up? No, I don't. That's bad podcasting. So I'm just going to sit here and make comments about it until I remember. Yeah, do that. Do that. <laughs> So, Bergy McLaren wrestled at, uh, at 149 in the semis. Um, there was an injury timeout, um, and McLaren dirty. I thought about this. Dirty ass McLaren took down after the injury timeout. Why is that dirty? Oh, man. You got to, hey, take neutral and decide to wrestle off on, you know, without an injury timeout. Fuck that. You saying no, go down? I'm saying put yourself in the best possible position to win that match. Yeah, he did. He didn't win, though. And uh, are you sure that's what happened? Yeah, I know for a fact. So uh, that's why it's 3-2 instead of 3-1. Oh, uh, okay, okay. I didn't watch that match. Dude, so. it was, it, McLaren was up 2-1 with like 10 seconds left, and Bergie took him down. Gotcha, gotcha. Bergie took him down. So, I mean, that that weight class is nowhere near settled, I think. Oh, I, didn't Bergie take him down with the shot off the whistle? Uh, yeah, it was like a good, I mean, it was early. Yeah, I mean, it okay. was late. Okay. Uh, no, I mean, look, if it's your choice, if if your guy takes an injury timeout, your opponent, and the ref looks at you and says, it's your choice, where do you want to go? I'm going to put myself in the best chance to score a point to win that match. Yeah, but don't you think you've got a couple points for the teams where you're like, no, nah, we're going neutral because. A couple of points for the team no, to win with the-, the team. With the team. Like, you know, with the team, with your boys, dude, to be like, all right, I didn't try to steal one. We're going neutral. We're going to see who can really win this bad boy. I can't tell if this is a serious question from you. I'm or serious. Not. No, no, I'm serious. No, absolutely not. He's trying to win that spot. He's trying to win the spot. Yeah, but Kale's going to look at it and be like, he got an extra one point because he took down off of an injury timeout. I, I mean, I don't know what Kale's going to do, but if I'm if I'm, I'm going I'm neutral. Doing it. You're going neutral? I'm going neutral. I'm, I'm I like, bet you wouldn't. No. no I, in fact, I, I know you wouldn't. You would purposely injure a dude just to get that choice to take down, <laughs> even if he was your own mama. Yeah, you're right. I would. I've seen you do it. Right. Right. <laughs> I was like, Mom, I'm going down here. Come on now. Ugh. But Ugh. shut up. That's, there's no place in the podcast for that. Anyways, uh, that deep dark hole you were talking about. Anyways, earlier. I mean, I would have, I would have taken neutral, but he goes down. Oh dear, he goes down. He gets out. Um, you know, ends up losing the match three to two. I mean, what else do you want me to say? I think that that's gonna be a battle all year. I think that they want Bergy right to be the to be the starter. You know, based on I guess at least a lot of the fans do. Bergie's probably the more talented wrestler, at that honestly between the two of them, um, he probably has a higher ceiling than Verclaren. Uh, again, I agree that it, 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 it goes back to whether or not he can manage that weight all year long. Who's going to give you the best? Who, who's going to put you in the best position to win? You know, at the end of the year rather than beginning of the year, it, can Bergie help maintain that weight? We don't know. That's that. That's going to be the question all year long. Um, I think these guys. We're going to split matches. They're going to. They're going to exactly. That's where I was going to go. They're going to split matches. Um, but you're going to want to see Bergie on, you know, back-to-back or at least Friday-Sunday weigh-ins, right? I mean, right. you want to see what's what's good with his weight. Exactly. And I'm trying to think. Is Penn State in the scuffle this year? Yeah, they're scuffling it up. They're back in the scuffle? Yeah, but that's open, so they're both going to get there. No, no, I, I'm just trying to think of a tournament where we would see Bergie make uh, weight back-to-back days. Oh, I got you. Because so, yeah. yeah. they weren't at the scuffle last year, right? I don't believe they were. Last they, year they were. Uh, well, Nick Lee wrestled in it, so. Yeah, but I don't think the rest of the team was there. No, I don't think they were. So that's why I'm asking that. Right. Um, so maybe I'm, maybe, yeah, maybe I, I don't know for sure then. So, uh, yeah, but you make a valid point. Um, uh, the other interesting one was uh, Kassar. Um, 
and, and Neville's at 285. Man, this was... That was also in the semis, wasn't it? It was in the semis. This was a shocker to me. I mean, not that Kassar won the match, but he won it soundly, 7-2. to two. Was it 7-2, 7-3? Seven 7-2. To seven seven to yeah, got? I'm pretty All sure right. it was 7-2. to two. Um, I don't know what I don't even know what to think about this one now. You got a two-time I mean, that dude All-American. couldn't even start at 97 last year for Penn State, beating out a two-time AA, right? Yeah. Yeah, I mean, ex- exactly. So, yeah, I'm pretty sure that's the case. So, let me ask you this. If Neville's let's say Neville's ends up not being the starter senior season, okay? Does this impact his younger brother Seth, who's in gray shirt this year for Penn State? Does this does this impact him in any way, shape, or form to say I want to stay with Penn State? That's a great question. I think that's a that's a deep question. You because, got a brother, right? In my understanding, at least based off of what I've been told, is that the Nevilles are pretty close, close family. Okay. Well, AJ or whoever it was was going to wrestle for them, and he transferred back and going to Fresno, Fresno State. State. Yeah, yeah. Um, you got a guy who started for Penn State the last few years. He's a two-time All-American. Done well for them. Absolutely done well. Um, and let's say he loses that spot this year. Loses that spot. Does that impact Seth's decision to stay with Penn State? It might. It might impact that. It might impact his decision. Um, I'll tell you what, though, Kale can't think of it that way. You can't think of it that way. As a head coach, you got to think of who's the guy that's on my team that gives me the best chance to succeed, right? That's what coaches are meant to do. Coaches, bottom line are, you know, amongst many other things, winning is important to them. And if they say that Kassar is a national title contender, which, fuck, it looked like he was. He ain't beating Gable. Okay, okay, but, you know. If they're saying that, then no, I'm, you never know what's going to happen. But you're right. You how do you say, Kassar, You've done no. everything right. You stuck around the program when I've taken. You know, last year he didn't get a chance to start. He's been pulled. He beat Colin Moore last year. Did, still didn't get a chance to start. They went with Rashid. It was a pretty solid go. I think he took fifth. You know, how do you say? Eh, you know, look, we're going with the guy who's all American before. Because uh, in the back of our mind, we want to make sure we keep his brother. You can't do that. I don't disagree with you, man. I don't. I'm a big fan. I'm a big believer in uh, whoever the better, whoever proves to be the better guy, that should be his spot. But what do you always talk about? You always talk about a couple of things. One, it's different in college. Two, who's, who's getting that money? Right. Right? And I think college coaches have to think long-term. What are the long-term impacts of this decision? That's a fair point. Okay. And I'm not saying I take one side or the other. The fact is, Penn State doesn't need Kassar nor Nevels to win the national title this year. Right. Okay. They don't. So, what's the best decision for well, the long term? They probably they may need one or the other, but either one's going to probably do well enough for them. I'm saying if they didn't have an All American at 285, they still win the national title. 125 and 285. Then all. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Do you disagree? No, I don't disagree with that. I mean, I think they did it a couple of years ago when they had you. five champs and didn't have a heavyweight. No, I agree with you. Yeah. So anyway, I agree with you. Um, it's just I don't. know. I think it's interesting fodder. Really. I I think so too. I you know I. I, look again, just because it was a dominate uh, win, I don't think this is way to sew it up. I, I don't think anytime you have a two-time All-American um, that's not starting, your weight isn't sewed up. You know, they're they're gonna be, there's still gonna be some competition at that weight class, because who knows what they look like in the room? I don't know. 
We got to look up Penn State's wrestling schedule. I want to see if they're going to be at the scuffle. Okay, let's do that. While you do that, I'm, I'm gonna... just wondering if these guys are going to meet up again head to head or have the opportunity to meet up head to head. I'm sure in the room they're doing that a lot. And that's the thing. I think that I think that Kale's probably going to analyze more. He's going to analyze everything. You know, he's. I, I think it's, what's most important is how you do against common opponents. Yeah, I I would put more stock in how you do in in, in real life matches rather than how you're performing in the room against your teammates. Right, I agree with you. Okay, yeah, real life and, matches and, against and to each beat other. a guy handily like Kassar did against Neville's this weekend in a tournament with an actual ref and all that in a, in a tournament situation. I mean, that speaks volumes. And it, again, it wasn't like he eked out a win either. I mean, it was a seven to two beating. Right, but what if Kassar goes out and he loses a match to a nobody? which could happen, and Neville goes out and beats a guy who's ranked in the top five. You know, what I'm saying is you're not just going to look at the matches against each other, whether or not they're in a tournament situation or scenario versus whether or not they're in the room. You're going to also look at um, how, how you believe they're going to um, compete and perform against light individuals who are at the um, – who potentially could be at the NCAA tournament. Uh, I, no, I, that I agree with. If you were making a choice right now, who do you see being the starter coming into the season? Well, I mean, right now? it's probably got to be Kassar at this point, right? I mean, you know, based on the limited data that we have, they are at the scuffle. Yeah, well, that's great. So that's good. They are at the scuffle. Yeah, based off the limited data we have, I think that you pick the guy that just won seven to three, or seven to two, or whatever you said it was. Yeah. All right. Cool. Um, well, there's a few other big matches this weekend I, f- I found interesting. Um, Miles Amin and Jordan Cutler wrestled each other in the Michigan Lehigh duel. Um, I believe they wrestled last year in the duel as well. I'm pretty sure Cutler won that match. I'm pretty sure Cutler went into NCAAs last year with his only losses coming against um, Mark Hall and Zahid Valencia, if I'm not mistaken. Because he was the four seed because Bojo was the three seed, right? Or was Yeah. It? yeah. So uh, I believe that was... Wait, so uh, you're thinking that Cutler... You're thinking that Cutler beat him last year? I'm almost positive Cutler beat him in the duel last year. Okay, I, I, if I but he ended up being the four seed over. Cutler. I am almost certain. I thought Cutler was the four seed, and I thought you wouldn't have five that because seed. you have Zahid, you have Mark Hall, and then you have Bo Jordan as one, two, and three, and then Cutler four, Amin five. Amin was five. I believe that's what happened. What was Bo the three? Bo was the three seed. Is three and five on the same side? Three and five are on the same side. Three and six are on the same side. Right, but Bo wrestled Amin at the NCAA tournament for third and in the sem- no. in the Conci semifinals, not in the semis. No, they wrestled in the quarters. Did they? Yeah. Well, then how did Amin get two takedowns against Zahid Valencia in the semis at NCAA's? You can't do that unless you're on the top half of the bracket with Zahid. Man, don't t- question yeah, me, bro. I'm it was wrong. the Kansi semis I'm wrong, because then, then Amin, I'm wrong. Amin went to wrestle for third and fourth, and Bojo wrestled for fifth and sixth, but I'm pretty sure Cutler was the four seed. Anyway, the okay. point I'm making but Then is, I'm wrong. <laughs> um, they wrestled this weekend uh, in the Michigan-Lehigh duel. This year, Amin got the best of him, six to four. Miles Amin's looking good, dude. He looked excellent. He, lo- he looked really good in that match, too. He looked really technically sound. Um, he looks like he's one of those guys that's jumped levels. You know, even though he has finished third and fourth, fourth and third, fourth and third, you know, you know, nobody's overlooking him as we've talked about earlier. He, you know, and maybe his ceiling, but maybe his ceiling is third. I don't know. This year, you know, I Mark Holland's Valencia. I think it's to be determined. I think it's too early in the season to to have that conversation. But he uh, he dominated that six four win against Jordan Cutler. He did, and. 
I think Amin is still making jumps and he's still getting better. It's I'm going to use the the term unfortunate here. Um, I don't think Amin really cares, but from my perspective, it's unfortunate that a guy like Amin, who is that good and who's still making jumps, just happens at this point in time to have two world-class level wrestlers ahead of him in Valencia and Marcal. Now, with that said, Amin doesn't have to go out and beat each one of those guys every time they meet up all year long. Right. All he's got to do is beat one of them one time at the NCAA tournament and possibly That puts the you in other. the finals. Exactly. You just you just got you just got to win four matches, right? Four or five. What what is it? Four matches, five matches in the NCAA tournament. Yeah, whatever. Um, the point I'm making is, is he doesn't have to beat these guys every time they meet up. Well, I, what I think I think what that what that uh, that win did was was showed that he is legitimately the third best guy in the country now. Dan Lewis, McFadden, Kammerer, Rogers. Yeah, there's some the, unknowns. There's, there's, there's some, some guys there that. Yeah. that they could they could challenge him, and I'm not I'm not sure he's he's put himself in a position to where we're saying no way Dan Lewis McFadden Cameron Rogers can beat him, but you know if they lined up across from each other, I'm taking Miles Amin over all of those guys. Yeah, man, I. I mean, wouldn't you? Or would that's or, that's a good question. Like I, I wouldn't be like I wouldn't be mad if I had to. I wouldn't be mad if I had to take Miles Amin over those guys. Right. I, now, I, I still it. think, you know, you put Miles Amin against guys like McFadden, guys like Dan Lewis, and guys like Michael Kimmer, all who are really, really good, who have performed well, got, got all Americans under their belt, all that kind of stuff. Um, but I don't what know I like why I said Chandler Rogers because he's the 65. So, yeah, sorry about that. What I like about Amin, though, is what he's proving is that when he sees guys multiple times, he gets better against them every time. Look at how Bojo used to dominate him. Right. Until he finally won that last match against Bojo. Well, then he didn't lose to him. Exactly. You know, Zahid Valencia had beat him, beaten him up. NCAA tournament, he goes out and gets the first two takedowns against Valencia. Jordan Cutler beat him last year. He flips that this year. So, it shows that... Like you said, he's still making jumps and getting better. It's going to make it interesting. I think, who do you think he has a better chance against, Mark Hall or Zahid? Well, he wrestled them both tough. He wrestled Mark Hall really tough at the duel. Who do you think he's – who do you think he – you know, he – No, I'm just talking about it in my head. He wrestled Mark Hall real tough at the duel. He wrestled he Zahid real tough at the NCAAs. Um, you know, I think he's got a better chance against Mark Hall. I think that, you know, Mark Hall is, is more defensive – um, and so I, I just think that, you know, Zahid has a better chance of not getting scored on as much, or excuse me, Amin has a better chance of not getting scored on as much against Mark Hall as against Zahid. I think Zahid's going to get his points. Yeah, I think you make great points there, and that's exactly what I was thinking, that I think in order to beat Zahid, you're going to have to t- get, you're going to have to get anywhere between three to five takedowns. You're going to have to score a lot of points to beat <laughs> Zahid because he's going to get his. Well, we know the two didn't work because that's what he got. Right, and I think with Mark Hall, um, you have the opportunity to make that a one or two takedown match, and I think that probably favors Amin more. I completely agree. That, so, I mean, that's why I kind of picked it. So, um, another interesting match that took place this weekend, or an interesting result was in the Missouri Virginia Tech duel: Connor Flynn over um, Junior World Champ Makai Lewis, eight to six. Now, yeah, and Flynn was Lewis right. is a first time starter, right? You know. Um, we, people that really follow the sport knew he was good. You just didn't know how good he was or how good he he actually is. Right, he, he had goes some tight out. matches last year with uh, with um, Chance Marsteller. He lost them both, but he mm-hmm. had some tight ones with him. Yeah, mm-hmm. 
went out and got you know won the won the gold this summer. Um, right. Connor Flynn wins that match eight to six. I found that rather interesting. Um, well, you know Flynn is a ranked opponent. I mean, it's, I think he's I think he's ranked in between ten and fifteen. Yeah, he's no slouch in a major, majority of the prognostications. Um, I, I I think that people thought that Lewis Mackay Lewis was going to win that match, but at the same time. What that just shows you more than anything, and we're not telling anybody anything they don't know, is that college wrestling is freaking tough. And, you know, you, you go out and you wrestle a guy who's had significant experience at the Division One level, um, who's, you know, had experience at the NCAA tournament, and, you know, you're not guaranteed to, to get your hand raised at the, at the end of that match. I'm not. So, no, yeah, unfortunately, you're not either, Brandon. Damn. Um, so, I think Makai Lewis is still going to be a, an All-American type contender, but let's... Let's temper some expectations here, as we have to do with a lot of redshirt freshmen, as we have to do with a lot of freshmen generally. We've been so spoiled with freshmen coming in and, you know, all-American and, and dominating right off the bat that there's going to be excellent, excellent freshmen that don't that, – that drop matches and that may not all-American as freshmen. It's just the way it happens. Yep. Can't disagree with that. Um, and then the – uh, the last match that I found, I mean, it was a big match between ranked opponents. Um, I know you got some words about this match. Um, Evan Wicks dismantling of Isaiah White. Oof. 12-5, uh, to five, all right. Two returning All-Americans. White, White aid last year. No, last White was round of 12. Oh, was he really? Yeah, okay. round, round of 12 okay. last year. Um, two highly ranked guys um, going at it. I don't know why I thought White All-American. It's okay. Um <laughs> Why, on God's earth, or Why God's, God's green earth, <laughs> God's green earth, did White choose down? Was your words? Why did he? That was terrible because his coach was telling him to go down. Terrible. And, and he looked over at his coach and he was like, "Uh, down, I guess." It was a freaking <laughs> terrible idea. Look, you know, and we're getting towards the end of this podcast, so I, I honestly forgot about this match until you just brought it up. Um. So I'm going to have to muster some energy here. Guys, I'm sorry. I'm, I'm a little sick to tell you how terrible of an idea it is to go – to put yourself in a position not to win a match. There was no way that Isaiah White, who took Evan Wick down twice in the first period, who was having success – Great point. Yeah, who was having success against, or against Wick on his feet, take down on a guy whose best position is top. And not only is it his best position, he is dominant. He is elite level. In that position. And Wick didn't turn him, but he got three stalling calls on Isaiah White on the bottom because he just threw in a boot. And basically, White could not get his face off the mat. It was a terrible idea. Any coach that makes the decision to put their wrestler down against the guy that is a leg rider who is an animal on top when they've been doing well, doing dominating really, on their feet... Is stupid, and if you try to tell me that it's because oh you want to get a good feel for this person come nationals, well that's bad because I tell you what at nationals if Isaiah White ends up underneath him, that's not good either. <laughs> that's not good either. So you need you need to bargain and negotiate with the coach to, to basically tell them that you're going to go takedown tournament against each other at the NCAA tournament because it's not good. You're right. Like we we get into this Twitter debate with. With with Garrett, one of the the, the Black Shoe Diary uh, Lions two four seven Penn State podcast. I love Garrett as uh, a person. I mean, yeah, I mean, look, he's a knowledgeable sports fan. He's a nice guy and everything. But his take was, you, it's early in the season. 
wins and losses don't really matter. You try to you learn true. from it. You get the feel. And I'm sorry, that right there, that right there is high school wrestling thinking because that's what you do. You try to get your kids better in position so that they can perform better at the end of the season when they're not getting seated, you know, in sectionals and state and whatever you. They guys don't get do. seated at the state tournament. They don't get seated at the district. At tournament. least at the Ohio tournament, they don't. You know, I, I don't right. know how they do it in other places, but to me, it's it's archaic. It's archaic thinking. Like it's just it's backwards. It's you don't do that at the college where every match counts and every match impacts you, especially when it comes to seeding. And I guarantee you, when it comes to the national tournament, Isaiah White's not going to say, "Yeah, I'm down three to two going into the third period. I'll take down." No, you're I'll take not. down because I, I felt him ride the shit out of me earlier, and so now I know I'm going to get out. No, all it's going to do is going to be like, yeah, I'm definitely not fucking taking yeah, I'm down not on going this down. guy. Yeah, all, all it did was confirm his original thoughts was, I don't want to go down. Right, and the thing is, when they do the seeding, when they do the seeding for the tournament, they're going to look at that match, and they're going to say, he lost to him. So to say that... Early in the season, the matches don't count is bullshit because every match from the time the season starts until the end of the conference tournament counts for seeding. And when you had a chance to beat the guy who's ranked third in the country or whatever he was ranked because you were beating him, you freaking put yourself in the best position to win because you know what? Especially in the meat grinder that is the Big Ten at 165, to have that win on your notch, on your belt, you need it. And now he doesn't have that win because he took down like an idiot. And let's not forget that that duel ended up tied that Wisconsin ultimately won on criteria with most pens. There it is. So not only did that decision likely cost, cost Isaiah White the match, it potentially costed Wisconsin, or I'm sorry, Nebraska, the duel right. as well. And and would, would, would Wick have beaten Isaiah White if he didn't go down? Maybe. You know, Isaiah White seemed like he was gassing a little bit. And, and it's certainly... It's certainly, in my opinion, more likely than not that Wick probably would have won that. But as soon as he chose down, I gave it a zero percent chance. Zero. We could chance. speculate all day long whether whether or not he would have won the match. What I will tell you is a one hundred percent guarantee that you can't debate is he would have been in a better position to win that match right. had he have not gone down on Wick. As soon as he as soon as he chose down, I knew he was he knew he it was, was going to lose. Was whether done. he was going to turn or give up a number of different stall points, that's terrible. It was a terrible coaching, and, and I think that. You can't think that we got to put him in a position because later on he might have to feel it. Yeah, later on he might have to feel it. That's true. But what happened? He didn't. The, the biggest thing for me was they were saying, "Oh, you got to get, you got to go down because maybe you can feel it. And maybe you can work on things." Isaiah White did not get better one iota on bottom from taking down on Evan Wick. No, not at all. You don't get better. And I guarantee you his face is a little sore. Right today yeah, from you, having it rubbed on the mat for <laughs> two minutes. Yeah. I mean, you don't get better. You don't get better in a mid mid match taking down on a guy who's an animal on top. You get better from really grinding out and working on it in the practice room. And that was a dumb. I that was dumb. That was so dumb. I'm angry even thinking about it. And I'm angry that I actually had to debate my point with people because some people don't understand that. And that's all we got to say about that. And that's all we got to say about that. All right, let's stock go. Stock up, stock down. Let's go stock up, stock down. We started that last weekend. We had a. We thought it was fun. We're going to do it again this weekend. Yeah, I can't say we're going to do it every week, but I like it this week. Let's do it this week. Stock up, Ben. You go first. Give me give me your stock up after week three of the NCAA wrestling season. All right, season. I'm actually going to keep on the Wisconsin train and go stock up with the team, and I'm going to go stock up Wisconsin. All right. Uh, Wisconsin. All right. 
Uh, they were ranked, uh, I think, 18th in the country and something like that. Obviously, they got a new coach this year, Bono. You know, he really turned around the program for South Dakota State, and he came into the Big Ten trying to turn around the program. Uh, he beats he beats Nebraska, who was ranked above him, 21 to 21 on criteria. They beat Princeton, who was ranked above him in the Flow Wrestling um, prognostications, 22 to 18, and then they go out and they beat Utah Valley, who had a really great uh, week last week. They beat him 22 to uh, 17. So my stock up is Chris Bono and the Wisconsin Badgers as a team. Ooh, I like it. I like it. What about you? Give me a stock up. I'm going to go stock up, and I'm going to stay with you on that Wisconsin train. I'm going to go Ryan Christensen. Oh, okay. I'm going to go Ryan Christensen, 174-pounder from Wisconsin. Oh, I know about him. Goes 3-0 on the weekend, including a pin against freshman sensation Mikey Labriola. That match was crazy. Okay, against Nebraska. By the way, he pinned Mikey. Oh, what was that? The duel was won on Criteria Most Falls. Bingo, right there. Christensen won that duel for With me. one second left, he pinned one him. It was crazy. One second left, exactly. It was nuts. Um, he also defeated a ranked Kimball, uh, Kimball Bastion from Utah Valley University. Nice win for him there. He also had another win against Travis, Travis Stefanik of Princeton. 3-0 and on the weekend, including the duel clinching pin against Nebraska. Stefanik's pretty good. I like that Christensen. New weekend. Yeah. Stock up. I like Ryan Christensen. I like All right, who's your, who's your next stock up? Okay, and it's not going to take a lot of conversation because we've already had it, but my stock up's Miles Amin. Miles Amin, you know? I like it. The, the gentleman who uh, is completely underrated and he's under the radar and nobody believes in him. Everybody's sleeping on yeah, him. Yeah, everybody's sleeping on the guy who took fourth and third last year. Thanks, Alec Pantaleo. And thank you for Alec. Make, yeah, not calling him Alex. Thanks, Tommy Baranowski, for correcting me. Alex Pantaleo with a really nice win against Jordan Cutler. He looked excellent, um, you know. As much as it can be, stock up. All right. <sighs> My next stock up. It was hard finding another stock up this weekend, but it won't take long again because we've already talked about him. All right. I got to go Dayton Fix. Oh, okay. All right. You're going to stock up with that guy. You're going to huh? stock up with him because his stock did go up after he beat a two-time All-American and national runner-up in Ethan Lezak. He went up from 11th in the rankings to number six in the rankings per flow this week after that victory. Look. We knew he was good. It was how good could he be, and I think this was a great win for him because of the style that Ethan Lezak wrestles. Right. It answered all the questions we needed to see. Could he Can scramble? Can he scramble? Can he get out from bottom? And he dominated on the feet like yep. he typically does. Great win for Dayton Fix. Stock up. Puts him in that national title contention conversation. I love it. Stock up. Yeah, you don't even need me because I was going to say, can he scramble? Can he get out on bottom? You already said it, baby. Um, I like Dayton Fix. And, you know, his stock's going up, you know, just a little bit because it was already so high, right? It was already so high. Stock down. Oh, go stock You know, down. I'm selling on this guy hard. I'm telling you, everybody out there that has stock on him, you sell. selling it? You're selling it? Sell it because I'm going to buy it. I'm going to tell you right now, I'm, buy, I'm, I'm a buy low, sell high type, sell high type of hey. guy. Sell this guy's stock so Brandon and I can buy it. Zahid Valencia. <laughs> Zahid Valencia stock down, baby. <laughs> and we just lost all credibility. Sell, him. sell stock on him. He beat Chip Ness. Nine to six, bumping up. He bumped Chip. up a weight. Hey, it's funny when he bumped up, all the Penn State fans were like, oh my God, is he actually going to go 84? Like, yeah, Miles Martin's definitely going to win now. I'm like, no, the dumbass, he freaking weighed in at 74. He bumped up because of the duel was on the line. Um, you know, he beats he beats returning All-American not only 9-6, to six, and he beats uh, Tayshan Campbell only 6-1. to one. You know, not, quite as, stock down, not huh? quite as dominant as we've seen, so I'm going to go stock down on the Heat Valencia. Everybody needs to sell it so I can buy it. Who you got stocked down? Ooh, we've talked about him a little bit already. Um, stock down. I got to go Isaiah White, man, and his stock continues to crash a bit. Look, Uh-oh. 
That's what happens when you take down. I think we were expecting big things from Isaiah White. He was a big-time recruit. I think he was a D2 national champ, if I'm not mistaken. Yep, from Notre Dame. Nebra- yeah, before getting to Nebraska at Notre Dame. Um, he went 0-2 on the weekend. He lost to both um, Ashworth from Wyoming and Wick from Wisconsin. Now, both were ranked ahead of him, um, Ashworth, just a little bit. Um but he's 1-3 on the season right now. He's already got three losses the first couple of weeks of the season. Why the hell did you go down against Wick? Do not do that, Isaiah White. Because you went down, you are stocked down. Stocked down. And, and you're right, 165 is a bear, man. It's a grind. It's a bear. It's a grind. Uh, my second stock down, Josh Maruka. Man, I'm beating up Arizona State. Woo! Um, Josh Maruka, you know, dude, uh, you know, a couple years ago he was battling the NCAA tournament. Didn't make the team last year because of uh, Surtis. Goes out. He loses to freshman uh, sensation Austin O'Connor, 3-2. to two. Austin O'Connor's the guy that beat the hell out of Troy Heilman in the wrestle-off. Heilman, O'Connor redshirts. Heilman ends up wrestling All-American. And, and then he gets majored in a beatdown against Micah Jordan. Uh, Josh Maruka, 0-2 on the weekend. He is a stock down. Oh, boy, Ben. We, uh, we're we not going to make any friends with Arizona State fans because my stock down is Arizona State as a oh, team. No. Oh, no. 0-2 on the weekend. <laughs> you lost two duels at home. You lost to Ohio State minus two starters. You couldn't even win a match that you were not expected to win in that match. Um, on top of that, you lose to unrigged North Carolina. You're not Ooh. looking good. By the way, guys, Arizona State reminds me of my wife some weekends. She can be such a tease, and that's what Arizona State is. They tease <laughs> us. They tease us. They have these great recruiting classes. They've got great guys on their team, but you know what? They just can't seem to put it together to take that next jump to one of the top-tier teams. I don't know what's going on. They've got one of the top recruiting classes for 2019. Um but you know what? Show me something on the mat, boy. Show me something because you're not showing me nothing right now. Man, stock down, I, I Arizona agree. State. We went two stock downs on the wrestlers for me, and you went stock down. Man, <laughs> and that right. was not planned. We keep this stuff a secret. No, yeah, it was it was, it was a secret. And uh, we're not welcome in Tempe any, anytime soon, which is unfortunate because it's a pretty nice place. Um, but, you know, stock down, Arizona State. God, can't disagree, my friend. Can't All right. disagree. That's it. Uh, first of all, we want to apologize for the extra long podcast last week. It was an hour and 40 minutes. This week, we tried to cut it short for you, so we're only at an hour and 33 minutes. Yeah. You could thank us later. And if you got problems with us, send us an email to the Inside Trip at one at gmail.com. <laughs> That's all we got for you. Episode number 69, dude. Excellent. In the books. And as always, don't wind up on your back, bro.